But today is VE Day. The boys the over the Queen waves from the belt. Eagle has landed. Apollo 11 has landed. tearing down the Berlin Wall. Since 1929, the Monks Investment Trust's mission has been to help investors grow their wealth. We aim to do this today by taking a three-dimensional approach to growth. Cyclical growth, rapid growth, and steady growth. The World Wide Web. Wall Street is in turmoil as stocks crash. The Monks Investment Trust, managed by Bailey Gifford. Capital at risk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Advice Show. I'm Jack Gilbert, editor of New Model Advisor, and I'm joined today by senior reporter Victoria Bell. Today, we're going to be talking about all things platform transfers. We have looked into this issue in a piece which was published last week on the site and found some providers are putting up barriers that are delaying transfer processes. And generally, advisors are not very happy with how transfers are working in the marketplace. You can check that piece out on the NMA site. Today, we're joined by Howard Finnegan, head of product sales at Equisoft and the leading industry expert on platform transfers. Hi, Howard. Hi, Jack. Hi. I think you've oversold me there, but that's okay. Hi, Howard. Um, so you've been working on platform and pension transfers for many years. What's changed in the ta- in that time in the last ten years? Hi, Victoria. Hi. Um, the biggest single change happened with the introduction of a the electronic transfer process, which actually I think the first electronic transfer was an ISA transfer that happened in early two thousand and twelve. And this is electronic transfers that are enabled through two things. One is the text legal framework, uh, which is run by Tizer, but is owned uh, is a separate company and is owned by all the members. There are about 200 members and about 430-odd uh, brands across the advisor platform, um, custodians, wealth managers, and uh, fund managers uh, are all use this framework to facilitate, this legal framework to facilitate electronic transfers. That that was it. That was the biggest single thing. Prior to that, some of the some of the platforms, the, what might, used to be termed as the old fund supermarkets, they didn't do any in specie transfers. You had to sell everything to move. And the FCA, as part of the retail distribution review uh, legislation that came in in, in 2012-2013, they said you have to do in specie transfers. And they said to the industry, if you don't do them quickly and efficiently, we will start writing COBS rules to say how long it should take. So uh, Tizer set up uh, Tex and tackled the legal frame, the legal framework. And there's a group called the UK Electronic Transfer and Re-Registration Group, UK ETRG, uh, which sets the technical framework uh, for all these things, this, the electronic messaging. And it's an open standard. Um, Multiple, you can get solutions from ourselves at Equisoft. You can get solutions from Origo, from uh, Actuaire, from Calistone. And some clients, uh, some some of the organizations build the thing themselves and they, they connect to the, the market practice, the, the, the open standard. That was the biggest single thing. Prior to that, everything was done on paper, everything. And when we're talking about moving from one advisor platform to another advisor platform, there are lots of counterparties involved. It's a complicated value chain that can involve the platform itself. The platform might use a custodian, a sub-custodian, and then the custodian would talk to the fund manager. And um, that was the biggest single leap. Uh, it was the it was the big, the great leap forward, as we might say, back in 2012, 2013. And um, since then, there have been incremental changes uh, that have 
that made things a little bit better. Um, the text legal framework uh, and contract club also includes SLAs for each part of the process. Uh, so uh, typically, uh, each part of a process between the different counterparties in the in the supply chain, they have typically about one working day, or perhaps two working days to complete their bit. So you know, if everybody's linked up and everybody's wired up, in species transfers should be fairly easy and quick. Um, and for the most part, individual assets they are. The thing that's really the other improvements we've had since 2013 is they've we the the technical standards have evolved and they've started to include more things and that is more wrappers. So it was originally ICES and GIAs, then it was JICES and then it introduced pensions and now we're going LICES and IF ICES and so on. So that's continually changing. And and when pensions came in, it was primarily one type of pension SIPs, but that's been expanded for GPPs, uh, uh, DC arrangements and very recently, like June this year, the legal framework and the technical framework has been changed to allow DB transfers, uh, which is a new a new development. So it's continually evolving these little incremental changes. On the asset side, um, it, it was just funds and cash to begin with. And now, um, I, I can't remember the exact date, 2015, 2016, they introduced anything that could be settled on Crest. So uh, equities, um uh, um, investment trusts, uh, any bonds, any any asset that could be settled on crests, CTFs, and so on. So, and in the advisor platform world, you know, I don't know what the numbers are. Ninety-five plus percent of their assets would be UK domicile funds and stuff that can be settled on crests, assets, that, ETFs, or investment trusts that can be settled on crest. Um, and that's been the. the the big increase, the incrementals. The one thing that's a bit disappointing, I think, personally, has been a bit disappointing, is that, you know, the SLAs... Sorry, how do you say SLAs, you, you mean? Service level, sorry, service level agreements. These are the, the time that the individual counterparties in the value chain have to complete their part of the transfer. Yeah. The SLAs have not changed since 2012 which you would have thought um, as more and more people get connected and as systems get better and so on, that uh, we, we may have fine-tuned those SLAs to perhaps make it a little bit better. Um, so that's, yeah, so so 2012, 2013 was a big leap forward. Then there's been small incremental improvements. But, you know, to an advisor, they probably noticed... In recent years, most of the advisor platforms use electronic transfers of some shape or other. The complication and the issues resolve around, there's a whole lot of issues around pension transfers, and we could do a whole program on that if you like. Um, there's a series. And then you're, a whole series, yeah, we could have to do, <laughs> do, do, do maybe a few seasons even. Um, the, um, the the other thing that, that delays uh in specie transfers um, is assets that cannot be ma manual counterparties in the chain. So in the value chain, if everybody's electronic and they're all using solutions that you know conform to the open standards to text and so on, it should work pretty well. I mean, it's 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 it could probably be a bit quicker, but you're probably looking at typically if everybody's lined up in this and it's not too complicated, you're probably looking at. 10 to 14 days 
to complete a, a wrapper plus in species. The for, for a sip. Not for a sip. No, sips are more complicated. For for ISA GIAs, okay. um, ISAs particularly, the, the issue is that you just need one person in the chain not to be electronic, and the whole thing slows down. So everything happens at the slowest pace of the slowest person in the chain. Actually, no, it's well managed. But the, the um, so so the advisors would probably set expectations to be you know two to three weeks to the client. Um, the text contract club, uh, all text members have to provide MI, SLA, standard uh, um, data on how quick they do things to text every month. And they so text over the last 10 or 12 years has lots of information about how long things take and and uh, uh, for all the different parts of the process. However, the text contract club is it's owned by its members. Um, it's like has its own. It's called Article of Associations. It's like its constitution. And to make a change to the constitution, you have to get a super majority of the members. Um, a few years ago, I think about six years ago, they tried to change the text language to allow the publication of MI. Uh, because the original language said, no, you can't publish any information whatsoever. Uh, and unfortunately, that just missed its super majority by 1%. It got wow. 74% and 70, 75%. Yeah, very close. So, um, and, and why did so, the, why did the text, why was there support for publishing uh, transfer times? Was it because there was concerns over some slow people dragging their feet on the transfers um the, the reason why I, I mean my personal view is publishing mi there's ways you can publish information that anonymizes it and doesn't sort of you know pick on people or you mm -hmm. know um name and shame and all that sort of stuff there's ways you can do it and they do if we look at the other transfer electronic transfer service that's that's quite uh, useful is used in the banks. So the banks have a cash ISA transfer service that's run by Pay UK. It was set up actually same time 2012. They have and it's but it's it's governed by the PRA and the banking authorities and uh, uh, um, actually techs are, ties are also involved in that one. And they they have very explicit MI that they they produce it's very useful in my but it's very it's it's really targeted towards consumers one of the biggest problems for the slows things down is assets getting transferred that's that's one thing so it just takes one asset and typically if you look at things again like sips you, you jack you were asking about sips uh, advisor sips tend to have uh, an mps or a dfm uh, proposition in them and dfms tend to like to have two things which cause problem with transfers. One is they very often have uh, preferential share classes. Yeah. So they have special deals with the um, with the fund managers that may not be available to all platforms. So then to do an in-species transfer, you have to do a share class conversion. And not everybody, there is an electronic standard for that as part of text and everything. But not everybody supports electronic share class conversions um, not every platform. Both from the, not every platform. 
even a lot of platforms being basically Italian platforms. The, sorry, I'm sorry. I should correct that. I'm going to get them all into trouble now with the FCA. I won't. They <laughs> they do share class conversions, but they don't do them electronically. Okay. They they do them and they treat them as a uh, corporate action. So it goes to the corporate action department, and the corporate action department then mm-hmm. does all sorts of things, not just share class conversions. It does vote. It does all sorts of things, and it tends to do things on a weekly or monthly cycle. The other thing I'd say about SIPs is um, SIP to SIP and species is uh, a lot of the SIP wrapper vendors or administrators, um, not all of them have adopted electronic, certainly the open standard stuff um, for SIP to SIP in specie. Um, so if 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 everything at the sort of highest level of the transfer process uh, requires wet signatures and paper and all and that, that sort slows of stuff, things down a lot. That, that's the a big... lot. A lot, yeah. The biggest, the biggest single issue with SIPs, because it's such a co- can be such a complicated sort of value chain, you're more likely to get one counterparty that is not electronic, one or more, and then everything goes at the speed of the paper. Is there any way, you know, that you, you know, you said that um, SIPs are complicated? Do you see that changing in the next yeah few years? Yeah, yeah. and the reason being is that. Uh, you know, any good advisor platform worth its salt has its own SIP on the platform. Mm-hmm. So in the past, you would get a <clears throat> a platform that would offer a SIP, but the SIP wrapper was a third-party wrapper. So there was, it wasn't there, and it wasn't on their technology. It wasn't on their in their estate, as it were. They didn't have SIP permissions using third-party permissions. And that that's just a massive disconnect. The biggest single change... And this is probably since, you know, pension freedoms, basically, let's be honest, um, you know, 2015, 16, 17 onwards, most of the platforms have built SIP capability into their platform. So it, it, it takes out, you know, one of those value chain layers. And, you know, and as we've, <clears throat> as we've probably seen over the years, some of these um, outsourced SIP providers, they, you know, they, they've, they've had issues because a lot of them, uh, a lot you know, them got bust, haven't they? Right. Well, they've had <laughs> FCA fines, so you know yeah. because they didn't have control of the assets. So they and there was dodgy assets going in. So, you know, Gaudi more recent is fairly recent. Um, uh, uh, Greyfriars. Um, there's, oh, there's, there's been, a wake of them. Dozens. Yeah, loads of them. So the biggest single thing is putting the SIP on the plat, putting the SIP on the platform. It's fully integrated. It has its direct connection with the assets. It's just makes things a lot easier uh, and a lot quicker. Now, Howard, if, if we're like an advisor listening to this podcast, I think our general feeling is that platform transfers are huge. Um, there are huge undertaking that are incredibly painful, that are going to take a long time to do, uh, that will often mean advisors will actually, because of this, the worry about doing them, they'll actually encourage them, they'll actually do them as cash transfers rather than in specie because they'll know that this could take a lot longer if they're doing it um, as in specie for a number of the reasons that you've been outlining to us. Um, and, and a lot of advisors will get annoyed at providers because they'll see the providers putting up barriers or being difficult with it. Um, what do you think the providers need to do to change to make things better and do you think there's an element that providers have been dragging their feet with this in order, you know, for commercial reasons, like our piece we talked about 
people, industry people saying providers dedicating more resources to transfer in teams than transfer out teams. So, I mean, do you think there is a commercial well, you got, you got, You've asked me a rake of questions there. Let me just take them one by one. Um, what can I, one of the, even when you have everybody in the chain electronic, the, one of the biggest things that slows them down is something called rejections. So, you know, you could argue it's like computer says no. But what, what happens is this: all these computers talk to one another. If the source data is wrong, if the data is incorrect, it's the most common reason for rejections. So the account number. And the most count number, investor details, Ninos, data births, addresses, whatever. And, you know, advisors typically, are, are the, they start that data chain. So they set up an account for a client and then they say, I want to transfer from a seeding platform. And they put in the seeding platform details, but they're very often not correct. And in a way, advisors are setting. And, and then the minute that starts an electronic chain and it hits the first barrier and it gets rejected, the seeding provider says, you know, I don't recognize the account number or I don't recognize the uh, investor because the investor details we have are incorrect. And it could be a Nino, it could be a data bear, it can be addressed. You know, people, you know, particularly pensions, people change names and, you know, get married and move house and all sorts. So, it's really up to the advisors to check that they have the information, the correct, the investor's information correct, and the seeding, the account details at the seeding provider. Because the seeding provider, because the computer's checking these things, yeah, and if the account numbers or whatever don't match, it just goes back and says rejection. Computer now, text is doing, yeah, text are, are, yeah, are doing a lot of work in this area and have done some fantastic work recently so we have in our system for example all the people on text now have to say what their account number formats look like so if i'm if i'm transferring from a seeding provider and it's it's two alpha it's a b number 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 alphanumeric i can at least check that the format that the advisor's keyed in or the end client has keyed in is correct or i can go back and say no this doesn't look right for that provider and that's that's been a that's helped a lot because I think the most common rejection reason is invalid account number. Um, uh, and you would if it's a if it's if it's you know an advisor that gets a new client and uh, I the client is moving advisor and as part of that the advisor is moving platforms moving the the, the clients uh, wrappers and assets from between platforms, you know. Some of the some of the physical statements people get the printed statements they deprecate account numbers for security reasons perhaps um, and very commonly you know we'll see a an account number that is xxxxx and four numbers and you know they've read a statement and followed the what it says account reference or account number and it's they put in the deprecated character so if advisors could really check the data. Then they they that they would help themselves and things would run a lot a lot more smoothly, and they they wouldn't then have to get their the the platforms you know uh, teams involved to go check things because they've got to go back to the advisor and say this is wrong, and then the advisor may have to go back to the client and all sorts. So getting that data right up front is really critical, and advisors can help there. The other question about platforms making it difficult um 
you know, it's it, yes, I, I think that happens. Um, the one thing I would address first of all is, yeah, most, not all, but a lot of platforms spend far more money and resources to automate ins. It's an easy business case to go to your exec and say, "Give me all this money. I'm going to make ins transfer ins completely seamless, and they're going to, you know, they're going to be everything. We're going to put in all the technology and all the resources to make ins fly." And oh, doing that business case for outs is difficult. The issue is your in process can be as fantastic as the best in the world. However, if the seeding provider is not as efficient and is has manual processing. Because even when you get electronic messaging going around behind the scenes, you know they're rekeying stuff, and there there's lots of manual interventions here, there, and everywhere, which just slows everything down. Um, and uh, the, the other thing about ma- any sort of manual intervention is that manual interventions just don't scale. Whereas if it's completely automated, integrated com- systems talking to systems, whether they do a hundred transfers in a day or a thousand is just the amount of electricity they use. It doesn't mean they need an extra ten people to do it. So that's that's the other thing. Some platforms, and I'm not, I'm not going to name I, you, Jack. You advised me before this not to name platforms. It's do a, good, a really good job. Later, it's fine. We'll, we'll put the names. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 some platforms have spent a lot of money on automation, both ins and outs, and um, they have very efficient. And uh, but they suffer then from the platforms who who haven't so you're always um, as weak uh, as the weakest chain basically whether it's the exactly that's platform, it's, it's, the fund manager it, whether it's fund manager custodian sip wrapper provider sip admin it's that's the issue again even the electronic people who have electronic uh, systems for outs some have you know fairly clunky back office you know half integrations or part integrations it's not as seamless as the front front end it's interesting in the d2c world direct execution world uh, it's 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 quite common for the for those operators to those platforms or or brokers to spend money on the out because they deal with the client directly and those sort of clients in the DTC world they're 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 a bit more fickle they move around a bit more and what they say if the client has a good experience on the way out you know we'll get them back they'll come back but in the D, direct execution world you can you know. You might move bank accounts or ISA provider quite regularly, and in the in the in the in the cash ISA world, they get huge flows of transfers. I mean, millions, because you know it's all based on how value. So one bank could offer an extra twenty-five bips uh, on on the on their cash ISAs, and they'll get a huge flow. Um, and that's happening at the moment. Actually, they're all offering really good rates, and people will move for twenty-five to fifty bips. Do you think the FCA should be stepping in more to kind of make sure that platforms are putting money into transfer out teams? It's a great question, and I'm given that a lot of the platforms are my customers. I'm I'm, I'm probably going to get myself into trouble here. Um, I've I've always thought the industry could sort itself out and with and protect particularly with the whole text framework, it's a brilliant framework. Um, they could sort of use that to sort of encourage people and monitor them and, you know, um, but it hasn't worked. I mean, it's done a great job, but it hasn't made anything. It's improved things, but it's it's steady state. 
Um, so no, I, I think I've come to the conclusion after 14 years in in transfers, in electronic transfers, that I think the regulator needs to probably step in and be a bit more, um, um, bit more uh, hands on is probably the best way to say it, and and possibly even get to a point where it's not just a principle based. It's a bit more directive and and uh, dare I say it, we might even have to have a cob rule or two that uh, um, that might make things a bit. I mean, they had a go. They've had a look at this a couple of times. Twenty nineteen FCA. Tw- yeah, making transfers simply. They had two things to do, and they only did one of them, um, which was one to get rid of exit fees. Well, most advisor platforms don't charge exit fees. It's really only in the wealth management and uh, direct execution world you you, you see. You see exit fees really, um, and then they said uh, still one or two in the in 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 the wealth manager world is still okay. fairly prevalent. Yeah, in the direct execution, yeah, it's 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 less so. Um, share class conversions was an issue. Um, it was always an issue with RDR because of you know direct advisor charging, and then uh, the fund providers trying to sort of buy distribution. Um, and yeah, share share class conversions is an issue but it wasn't the main issue um and even today people do share class conversions but they do them on paper and they do them as part of a, a corporate action and they take weeks or months to do them and it slows everything down so i'm not sure that the intent of the paper was good but i'm not sure the results have been anywhere near what we expected there's still lots of people not even there are even fund managers who don't do electronic transfers and say that when we talk to them they say oh we don't get nobody's demanding it platforms aren't demanding it advisors aren't demanding it so we just keep treat them as corporate actions and we do them once a month and we go mm, not in the spirit of the fca paper but so <laughs> i think the fca should take a closer look um i think they they should possibly even get to a point where they say, you know, you you have timescales, you know, you have to the maximum amount of time you have is thirty days, and if you don't do it, then you have to either you have these. I mean, there will be get outs, particularly with some some types, you know, uh, you know, some asset classes only trade once a month or are priced once a month, so you might have get outs for for that particular type of assets. But I do think they need to take a bit of a more of a hands-on approach to force this a little bit. And Victoria, that that would then people would because the the people that are going to be measured are the people transferring out, not the people transferring in. Mm. That you, most of the measurement is on what you execute on when you're when you're moving something out. Well, guys, <laughs> on on that note of Howard's calling for FCA direct action. Uh, to, to make platforms platforms work better for everyone. I think uh, that's drawn, drawn us to the end of this episode. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Jack Gilbert at NMA. I've been joined by Victoria Bell and Howard Finnegan from Equisoft. Um, for any questions, please feel free to tweet us at Newmont Advisor, email us at nma at cty.co.uk. Check out the story we did on platform transfers on the NMA site. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all again next week. <laughs> Since 1929, 
The Monk's Investment Trust's mission has been to help investors grow their wealth. We aim to do this today by taking a three-dimensional approach to growth. Cyclical growth, rapid growth, and steady growth. The World Wide Web. Wall Street is in turmoil as stocks crash. The Monk's Investment Trust, managed by Bailey Gifford. Capital at risk.